How do you unlock your full potential of influence and create lasting change? I'm your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Along with your other co-host, Scott Young, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for inspirational stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals around the globe. We want to see you get equipped and empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood to the nations. While you listen, if you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. Just hit the subscription button. Even more importantly, we'd like to invite you to be part of our team by helping us to share the message and continue to bring more and exciting guests onto the program. These guests help us to grow in our influence, your five-star rating and personal written review, which we look forward to reading will help us to move forward. You can also follow us at the Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels to stay up to date, to hear more inspiring content, and to unlock your full potential as an influencer. What a great joy to welcome all of our listeners to the Influencers Podcast. We have an incredible guest with us today, Chuck Masick. He is a businessman's businessman, an entrepreneur who has started, grown, and sold several businesses. His real expertise is in the healthcare industry. He is the founder, former president, and CEO of Vanguard Medical Concepts, which revolutionized the reprocessing of medical devices. Currently, he serves as the chairman of the board of Orthopedic Designs North America. He has spent his career striving to make positive and meaningful changes in the healthcare system. And while he's done that, he's taken on some huge challenges. He's the author of an amazing book called At War with the Big Dogs, which is really a David and Goliath type of story as Chuck takes us into his life, his memoirs, and takes us behind the scenes to see how he came from sales, processing, learn how to be a salesman, and then starting a scrappy little business that went up against the big dogs of corporate America. He refused to back down, and in the process, launched a billion-dollar industry. Chuck, we are so glad to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast today, and I'm sure our listeners would love to get to know you a little bit. Can you just tell us about your upbringing and how your background brought you to what's going on in your life today? Sure, and thank you for having me. Uh, I started out, uh, my father was a military man. He fought in the Battle of Okinawa as a combat Marine. He came home, married my mother. He had two sons, my younger brother and myself. Uh, my mother was a devout Christian who took us to church every Sunday. My father was more lax on that subject. But growing up, my father did have this thing called PTSD, which is a, is, is a tough thing to grow up with. My father loved us very much. He's a kind man. He's an intelligent man. He was a... Uh, a very moral man, but he had these explosive tempers that just were off the charts sometimes. And although those things seemed to be bad, it really made me who I am. It helped shape me and how to deal with people all through my life. And with my mother's background and going to church, so she did too. Unfortunately, when I was 17 years old, uh, I told my mother I was not, I would not go to church with anymore. I'm 17. I'm a man. I don't have to do that. And she said, Chucky, I love it when you come to church with me. Please, please come. And I said, no, I won't. And I was hard line about that. And I didn't go. And as you can imagine, my life tumbled out of control, drinking, breaking the houses, a host of things. 
uh, ended up in the military. Uh, I was sent overseas to Greece where I met my wife, which is the first thing that God gave me, my future wife. We came back to uh, Barksdale Air Force Base. I was discharged. I went to school at Louisiana Tech University. And that, in that place, I came to know my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a whole yeah. whole system there. Real quick, I'll say, no friend kept inviting me to church. I said, I'm not going. There's too many hypocrites there. He goes, Chuck, you're right. But there's always room for one more. <laughs> That's a good advice. How so? You made this journey to become a man of faith. Um, was did you do that journey with your wife, Marge, or how did that happen with the two of you? We did. She grew up in North Dakota. She was a farmer's daughter, literally, and uh, she was raised in the church too, a Lutheran church. And she was searching like I was. And she told me before she met me that day, that day in Crete, she said I was praying to, for God to, to to show me Himself to do something. And then she said, you showed up. And I wasn't sure that was his, that was him helping me, but uh, that's a whole nother story. But from her, she was an incredible woman, a woman of faith, a kind woman, a faithful woman. And from, from the time I met her, I had never been in a relationship with a woman that was so easy and so pleasant, and so joyful to be around. And so we came, came back to the United States, got married, moved to Ruston, where Louisiana Tech is, and we both became believers there. Well, that's great. You have something in common with our co-host, Dave. He also picked up a girl from North Dakota. Dave, we're glad you're with us as well. Chuck, I I, I loved you before, but even more now. Uh, I found uh, a diamond in the rough. Actually, 36 years ago today, wow. uh, we were married. And uh, my wife uh, grew up in Newtown, North Dakota which is okay. uh, near Minot. Uh, do you know where that's oh, yeah. at? Oh, that's where my wife went to the University of North Dakota, so I know she knows where that's at. I've, I've never been there. Well, cattle and the wheat and the folks that can't be beat, and <laughs> uh, we actually do an annual trip uh, to <laughs> North Dakota uh, outside Stanley, and Scott uh, was with us last year, and as uh, usual, the life of the party. Well, but, you, you wisely go when it's warm there, which is so nice. <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, Chuck, there's so much to ask you. I just was so inspired by your story and, and how God has blessed uh, your, your companies. And I love, uh, among other quotes uh, in your book, uh, where you say, I cannot help but think about the combination of hard work and God's grace, which brought me to where I am today, I am happy, content, and successful. Uh, not too many years ago, that was not an assured outcome. And you talk about ways that you kind of stumbled uh, through, you know, failures uh, to success, you know, in your your family and business. So obviously, our listeners are asking, you know, what are the principles? You know, what are the keys that you have followed uh, to help you uh, fall forward, if you will, uh, to experience contentment and success, both personally and in your businesses? That's a great question. You know, at the end of the day, we need the Lord. He does mm-hmm. not need us. Okay. When he strips away things that we hold dear, it is, it's his way of telling us those things are important. That's why I said, lay up in heaven, your, your treasures in heaven, 
where moths can't eat it and thieves can't steal it. Because where your treasure is, there also your, your heart will be. So first things first, you first have to know who you are. You are the creature and he's, you are the creature, he's the creator. Now, when I raised my four children, I would ask them, what's the most important word in the English language? And they said, well, dad, it's gotta be love. One child will say something, that's a great word, but no. Well, dad, it's gotta be mercy. A great word, but no. Well, it's gotta be a joy, no. Well, Dad, June, you, you're a Presbyterian. It's, it's got to be grace. That's a great <laughs> word, but no. The most important word in the English language is perspective. Mm. Because if you can keep your perspective when everybody else is losing theirs, you will do well. It's, it, it's the one thing that puts everything in, in order. So I tell people all the time, most people live life the wrong way. They're born, they become self-actualized, they see death down there, and they say, okay, I'll get to that later. When in fact, we should be born, we should self-actualize, and we say, I'm dead. Now come back from death and now live your life. Then every day is in the, is in the right perspective. And that has to do with business and your personal life. You know, I tell people all the time, I told my children, the world never gets it right. When I look at business opportunities, I look for things that happen, natural disasters or man-made disasters. For example, when BP blew the valve out in the, in the Gulf there, their stock went from 60 down to 26. I bought as much as I could because I knew one thing, that the second largest oil company in the world, they're going nowhere. The, the investors got afraid the world ran away and sold their stock. I told my children, buy as much stock as you can, which we did, and we, and we made money. So the, the most important word I go back to is keep your perspective. And that perspective is he's God and we're not. And once you understand that transaction, life becomes, quite frankly, very easy. So as you've kept your perspective you've had some changes in the jobs that you've been through until you really found your, your true passion, I guess, as an entrepreneur. Can you tell us how Perspective helped you get through those struggles and how those listening today may find some hope in the lessons you've learned? Yes, I, but let me, let me address an important issue. People come to me and say, Chuck, how do you become an entrepreneur? I want to be like you. And I tell mm. them, first things first, First of all, find out what you're good at, because everybody has a talent. Some have more than one talent. Well, they say, well, how do you do that? And I say, that's the easy part. You need to ask people in the counsel of many is wisdom. Ask your mother, ask your father, your siblings, your pastor, your friends. Ask enough people, tell me what I'm good at, and they'll tell you. Now, once you find that out, are you good at nursing? Are you good at mechanics? Then pursue that, because if you pursue what you love, You'll never go to work. You'll only go to joy each day. So now for me, I turns out I was an entrepreneur. I didn't choose that, by the way. I thought my life would be simple. I'd just go to work and have a job. But I could never do that. I was, I was always troubled. I was always being pushed to move forward. I can't tell you why, but I quit more jobs than people. most people do. In fact, we moved 19 times in the first 13 years of marriage. Think about that. My, each, my children, each were born in a different state. And I tell you truly, my wife is a, the, is a beautiful woman. And we're now been married. It'll be 50 years, October. Wow. We have 11 great. grandchildren. And I told her, this is your turn now. Honey, whatever you want to do, I'm in the game now. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've done my stuff. You get, do what you want. But I tell people, find out what you're good at first and then pursue life. Otherwise, you'll be very, very miserable. I just got off the phone with a, an emerging leader. Uh, who's starting his own company, and that's what we talked about. I use the acronym SHAPE, uh, spiritual uh, gifts, heart's desire, abilities, and then you participate 
and then evaluate. And uh, I, I think that's really speaking, speaking to our listeners, what you just covered. You know, none of us are self-made men or women. Uh, there are people that God has put in our path uh, to help us along this adventure. Uh, who has inspired you and why? Uh, that's another great question. I, I, I'm going to tell you a few people. You won't know them, but they were key in my life. The first one was a guy named Don Burke. He let me ride with him up to the nursing meeting in Atlanta because I had no money. I had lost everything when I was 40. I made a bad business deal in Haiti. I was a quarter million dollars in debt. We're going to lose a house. I had four children ages, I think, six to 13. It was a it was a tough time. But he let me ride to the in his van. He let me stay in his hotel room, and I ate in the hospitality suites. I will never forget him. He was a kind man. He was a, just a, a, a great guy. Second guy was a guy named Mike Marshall who loaned me $100,000 when I had nothing. Hmm. Now, he got, he got paid back $140,000, which still irritated my wife. But I said, honey, without that money, we don't go to the next step. And then as we moved forward, I finally a, a man named uh, Mac Brown. He was my VP of sales, and this was an incredible man. He taught me, Chuck, seek first to understand and then to be understood. What great counsel is that? And I've used that all my life since I met him. And finally, the last man is a guy named Joe D'Amico, a very wealthy man, a businessman. We both started our careers about the same time, but he really skyrocketed. He made the investment in my company when no one else would. And he's the one that actually got us to that final level where we were able to, to, to sell the company. And there, by the way, there are many, many more un, unspoken heroes that helped me and encouraged me all along the way. But most of the time, it was my wife. I tell people all the time, you know, you may think I'm a jerk, but if you sit in front of her, you're just going to gain, gain an enemy because she's my defender. Hmm. You, you've gained a lot of influence in boardrooms and in negotiations and sales by listening to people and gaining their perspective before going forward. Uh, people who are listening, looking to increase their influence with others. Can you just walk us through how listening to others has helped to shape your leadership? Well, my first sales manager, his name was Jim Dye. I'll never forget this. He said, Chuck, he said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen mm -hmm. twice as often as you speak. And then he said, this is kind of funny. He said, do you know the story of uh, Samson? I said, oh, yeah. Well, you know, Samson's killed 3,000 Philistines with a jawbone of an ass. He said, and each day as many sales are killed with the same weapon. So <laughs> yeah. that's a quote right there. That's that's a good. Good. So I would say, you know, listen, listen, if you listen, people, people want to express themselves. And if you let them express themselves, they'll tell you everything you want to know. You know, when I was a salesman, I walk into a, a purchase man's office, a purchase, a purchase office. The first thing I do is look on the walls because people put on the walls what they're proud of. He may have his dogs up there, a fishing pole, and whatever he had up there, we talked about. And the more I talked about that, the more he liked it. And then I sat back and listened. I, I never bought up my products. I never even told him who I was with if I didn't have to. Then once I had a relationship with him, I'd come back, and then we could start talking about products. So I would tell everybody out there, listen, listen, listen. Let people talk. They want to express themselves. They want to, be, they want to know they're important. And by listening to them, you let them sound off, if you will. So good. Your, your book, I love the title of your book, At War with the Big Dogs, and you've been at 
some battles with companies and you've been through some personal battles as well, failure or people that have betrayed you and worked behind your back. How have you become victorious and not allowed betrayal to become the end of your story, but really a launching pad to go forward? You know, you've got two options when things happen to you that you consider bad. One option is to wallow in self-pity. When I got lost everything, when I was 40 years old, mm -hmm. I purposed in my heart that when someone asked me what happened, I would tell them very without emotion, hey, this happened to me, but my wife and I are looking for the future. We thank God for this. And the next time I met them, I would never bring it up because people run away from people who are always crying about how bad things are. Everybody has bad times. Everybody's hurting. So what I made sure that I was always, always positive, even when I didn't believe it. So when people came to me, they, they, they love seeing me, they love talking to me, they, they might buy me lunch. And I kept doing that over and over, even when I didn't believe it, because we always, always need to be positive and joyful. And remember, there's really no bad things. I, when I say that, I know people are gonna take, take a step back. If we believe in God and we believe he's sovereign, everything that happens to us that we call good and bad is within his will and it's for his purpose and his glory. And one day we'll know why, we just don't know now. So I say when things happen that are bad or good, rejoice in them and be thankful for them and always move forward. That really makes a great influencer. Yeah, it sure does. Chuck, you have uh, led teams. Uh, obviously, to lead teams, you got to build teams. You refer to them as the band of brothers. Uh, you have uh, together, uh, effectively and in a unified way, uh, have risen above uh, the attacks, even from big companies. Uh, how do you how do you build a team? How do you build a team and then utilize that team to accomplish your goals? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, it's it's interesting. When your back's to the sea, there's not a lot of options. Okay, so what happens is when you find yourself in a situation where, where you have overwhelming odds, when you have a David and Goliath story. Do you remember what David said to the Goliath when he saw him? He said, today God has delivered you into my hands. It was, the battle was already won. He wasn't even thinking about the fight. He had won the battle already because mm. the battle is spiritual. The same thing in, 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 in work. But I will tell you one thing over and over again that I always use, always. You always encourage. People, they don't mean to, but they, they tend to drift. You have to tell them, let's go. You always hold the vision ahead of them. It says in the Old Testament, without a vision, the people perish. That's a true statement. Always kept a vision. We're going here. Don't worry about it. Even when I didn't believe it. Encouragement is the greatest tool and the preeminent tool an entrepreneur has to have. You can't encourage people. Go to work for somebody because you're going to have to encourage people because people get discouraged. And you can't be. Simple as that. That's so good. And when you um, have been in corporate, corporate warfare, I guess, when you title your book, At War with the Big Dogs. Um, what kind of lessons um, would you give to like business leaders or maybe even some ministry leaders that are in the middle of a battle and they feel like they're up against a big dog? How did you overcome? How did you win and just become victorious? Well, our specific case, and I'll address both ways, our specific case, we were reprocessing devices labeled single use. Mm -hmm. Now, when you said someone's called the yuck factor, yuck. We could never win the emotional argument, but mm -hmm. we could win the science because there's nothing disposable. Everything has a second life. Depends on whether you can clean it and test it. So finally, with the FDA and with our customers, 
we finally got to, to where they would believe the science, and, the, and then the war was over. Once they passed the what we call Medufma, that means we had a right to exist and, and to reprocess device labels single use. Now, in general terms, though, when you find yourself up against the big dogs, if you will, of your life, hmm. that's the most important time when prayer becomes very important because you don't know which way to go. And I'd ask God, I'm going to work this morning, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? And it sounds really simple and almost crazy, but I, you, you didn't know what was going to happen. But I know one thing about my Lord. Everything happened at Vanguard, happened in time, in order, in providence. See, I'm a, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in luck. Luck is nothing. It's no thing. It has no mass. I believe in providence. Things happen in order. In my life, I will tell you quite frankly, many times I tried to put the round peg in the square hole and I beat that thing in there. And guess what happened? It would eventually come back out. So everything happens in time and all time. You cannot force the hand of God, no matter how much you want to. Hmm. And so the whole time of Vanguard was 17 years, up and down battles, etc. But the one thing my wife and I always kept in front of us is that God is still in this heaven. By the way, even today, when we see what's happening in our, our country, my wife is crying. She's upset. She's hearing this thing on the Internet. I said, honey, the Lord is on his throne. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Be of good cheer. It, it just comes across, Chuck, just listening to you. You have a positive, optimistic spirit. I even read of a sales meeting where you were in that you kind of lost the deal because you didn't lead with the positive and you walked away saying, I'm never going to do that again. It just comes across listening to you that positivity has increased the influence of your life. And uh, if people want to read your book, if they want to connect more with you, um, how do they get a copy of your book? How do they connect with you and just hear more of your story? The book can be uh, ordered on, on Amazon, or if you go to my website, massicbooks.com, it's a link to Amazon, you can order it from any of the big booksellers. I, I'll promise your readers one thing. If they read this book, they will be encouraged. They'll find things they didn't realize. It's not about the medical device entry per se. It's about life and the struggles of life. And this is an incredible story. And this story, I wrote this book for two reasons. First, to honor the men and women who served with me in this war. And second, maybe encourage a future entrepreneur who finds himself up against big dogs. Hmm. When he reads this book, he'll get encouraged by it. it it's, a, it's, a, it's a great read. I don't say it because I, I wrote the book, but I tell you, they will be... They'll be, they'll be blessed by reading this book. Yeah, and if you're looking for that on the internet, Masek Book, it's M-A-S-E-K books.com. Is that right? Masek Books? Correct. Yeah, Masek that's book. M-A-S-E-K Books, and the name of the book, At War with the Big Dogs. If you're facing a big giant, you want to get a hold of this book. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please be sure to hit the subscription button. You can help us to reach more people and bring more great guests onto our program by giving us a five-star rating and writing a short review about how this podcast has personally impacted you. We love to read your comments. You can also follow us at The Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels. You can stay up to date and hear more inspirational content and continue to unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember, folks, use your influence to move people closer to Jesus and his mission.